Dear friends, thank you so much for joining this uh, podcast brought to you by Share the Well. Uh, today we're going to talk about relationships, and that's the part. That's one of the parts of our four parts that we have. Uh, we are social beings, uh, and the pandemic, if anything, it has taught us is it's really made us made it abundantly clear to us in this past year that relationships are the most important aspect of our even being. Um, you know, so old relationships were questioned, new relationships were formed. Extensive activities in the relationships. Well, you know, I've been following some news, and you know whether it be, um, you know, uh, the the divorces that have happened that has really skyrocketed in this particular year, or even apps that people have produced to relate to people in different ways. And we found everything from good, from the good, the bad, even the ugly. Right. So, uh, marriage. For me, is really the uh, one of the highest institutions of uh, that has been established by God, and for for me personally, it is uh, a covenantal relationship. Um, you know, right from the Garden of Eden, all the way till potentially Christ comes back. Um, this is this relationship is going to be tested, and it's going to exist in different realms. Uh, and man has been trying to redefine it. So in this episode, uh, particularly, uh, we're going to walk uh, the journey with the Tretners, uh, Laura and uh, Werner. We're going to share their journey and uh, you're going to hear from them. All that began so wonderfully with the two of them started to fall apart. For them only to find the bond and the, the third critical agent Christ their Lord had to intervene or to rebuild their marriage and, and you, you will see how their story is so beautiful uh, and the, the rebuild and the restoration was not just to get back to where they were right before they got married or as they got married but it renewed them it revived them and made it God made it much more than what they could imagine or dream so now they are serving in capacities that helps people with uh, you know peace and restoration of individuals and families you know they help with service in the local church uh, to the local families that cannot afford groceries you know, we have a uh, an, uh, uh, a distribution called father's cupboard that we help with groceries um, imagine that what God can do with broken people like us he can do great things so take a listen I know it's been a long introduction um, take a listen to this wonderful journey and be uplifted and encouraged and I'll talk to you guys end of this episode I think we are on right now so the first thing I ask you know because sometimes listeners want to hear uh, who I'm talking to so why don't you guys take uh, some time to introduce yourself but I want to say at least uh, to the folks that you know I am one of my best friends on right <laughs> you know in after the after we came to the US uh, you guys have been my best friends one of some of my best friends uh, I'd say top up there you know I have maybe about three or four of them but you guys are top uh, of that list so thank you so much for taking time uh, Laura and Werner why don't you guys uh, just give a brief introduction of yourselves and uh, we'll take it from there Laura, you want to go first? Sure. Um, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure and an honor. 
And we too feel very blessed to know you and Maya and the girls. We we were thrilled when you joined us at Grace Redeemer many years ago. And it's just been a joy watching um, our relationship grow and our family in Christ grow. So um, I have been attending Grace Redeemer Church for 16 years. And I have been a believer for 16 years. And before that, I was a churchgoer in the Lutheran Church. And before that, I grew up Episcopalian as a churchgoer. Um, I would say that my faith, um, when I became a believer, was a result of our marital difficulties and separation. And that's when, through the brokenness, we found Christ. Werner found Christ, and then I did, and then our children did. Yeah, and and you worked as a professional in NYU for many years. Uh, I don't want to omit that. I did, I did. I worked in New York City at NYU for 30 years um, as Associate Vice President managing HR, finance, and facilities for the technology division. Right, right. And and currently you do help us with operations, right? In, in yes. our church. <laughs> yes, and currently I'm director of ministry operations at Grace Redeemer Church. And I manage uh, finance, facilities, HR, technology, and communications. Yeah. And we'll, I've been we'll doing that job for a year, over a year. Yeah. We'll come back to that. I think it's uh, it's an interesting topic of being in the corporate now, you know, kind of transitioning over to, you know, kind of a different setup and context. That'll be interesting to kind of hear your thoughts around that. But I don't stop Warner from introducing himself. Go for it, bro. Oh, man, I hadn't even said anything. I already had tears in my eyes because of how <laughs> you introduced me as just the brother that you are to me. I mean, it's just amazing. Um. I just can't believe that ever since you set foot in Grace Redeemer Church, um, I feel I feel like I've known you my whole life, and uh, it continues in that way, in in new and exciting ways. And this is just a, a continuation of God and seeing what He has in store for us. Um, I'll jump right into the broken part of me, because that's where I usually like to start. Um, I've been I've been a believer in Jesus Christ my whole life. My whole life, I believed in Jesus Christ. Went to church, was a good churchgoer in a Lutheran church, um, but never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's the difference. Therein lies the difference. Um, looking for life and love in all the wrong places, um, hitting dead end after dead end. Professionally, um, had many different careers, um, but I would have to say the one that was the, the most rewarding for me was uh, uh, right out of college. Well, it was a little bit after college, but um, getting a job in Macy's on 34th Street and um, meeting the love of my life, Laura. <laughs> you talk about miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, I know that's awesome. We should make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody already did. 
<laughs> but and and the story that goes behind that is just again you see when you take a look back you do see god's hand in many different ways um but it didn't take long we were we met at macy's laura was working at macy's um and we started going out and very quickly we got married and um it was it was a wonderful time um but then very quickly uh turned to difficult times and i turned to alcohol to sort of eat comfort um comfort myself and escape from the issues of this world um something else that i had always been struggling with um since not adolescence but um since being a teenager was pornography and um there were struggles with that throughout my life um and looking for those escapes definitely um thwarted my growth in many different ways um and i would say that it didn't help me in my job search and and it was difficult um building my relationship properly with my wife over throughout the years but i never saw any of those any of that um i didn't i identified the problems and i identified the problems because my wife is the one that had the problems and she needed to be fixed and that was not the case that was not the case at all it all it all boiled down to interestingly enough how i was always involved in each one of the things that went south each one of the things that that did not work out well for me i was the common denominator um and i did not see that um in 2000 fast forward 2005 um several careers later um i was a stay-at-home mom for a while stay-at-home dad i should say that's a little bit better um <laughs> i uh was a land surveyor uh we went into the catering business for a while so there are these many different ways of, of uh, careers that i chose um but most of them all led to a dead end at one time or another and i would have to say that something that was very consistent was uh failure in my life and um i took it rather personally and and this developed my uh victim mentality i was a victim of my own circumstances didn't help with my you know wanting to escape the alcohol and pornography and it didn't help in my relationship aspect with my wife um or children either at that particular point in time uh we had a good foundation um and it's only by god's grace i mean you, again looking back and you're seeing you're looking at how god held it all together for us um at one particular point in time in 2005 um basically the whole world fell apart um in front of us the world that we had sort of nicely manufactured together right the house that we had built it was the family component and it was the house and it was a career that we struggled throughout the years but it worked out relatively well for us and and we were able to build a a nice life for ourselves with the help of our family um but it was it was it all came to a head very quickly uh when i was just 
filled with rage, fueled by alcohol, and um, just destroyed destroyed our family right in front of uh, right in front of our everybody in the family, especially on Laura's side. Um, and uh, we were separated for a period of time. Um, and um, but throughout that separation, through that brokenness, uh, the Lord brought us to Him. And from that time, it's just been a story, uh, one story after another of restoration, redemption, and how he continues to make us the people that he designed us to be. And, and I would just have to say that um, without, without Christ in our lives, uh, we, would be, we would be so far apart um, from each other but only only by the grace of God through Jesus Christ can we maintain that relationship that we have with one another and actually not only maintain it but build it because our children are getting older and we thought well they're going to have their own faith they're going to develop their own lives and such but we're finding that well we're working together with them and there's a continued and renewed effort in their lives as well where they need to be shepherded and and just just somebody to walk alongside of them and in, in their journey and help them and guide them and so praise god that we're able to um help shine the light um that that is jesus uh on the path that is set before them so that we too can help them and guide them and show them Christ in new, new and exciting ways. And then it just, it just keeps on going from family efforts. Um, we're able to use my brokenness in the recovery ministry um, that we've started in the church. You were, you were uh, a part of that. Um, not necessarily my ministry, but, uh, or our ministry, but the ministry that um, God has gifted us and has uh, rewarded us time and time again for our efforts that we've placed in trying to help um, the broken, uh, especially those that are struggling with addictions, those that are struggling. I mean, Celebrate Recovery identifies it really well. It's the struggles in life and those struggles have uh, different components to them, hurts, hangups, and habits. And we suffer from all three of those. And it's a little bit of a progression. And God has been able to, to help us helping others um, in, in really understanding and valuing a relationship with Jesus Christ and showing others how they need to be addicted. They need to be addicted. They need to be addicted to Jesus Christ. And that has that transformation has helped us grow in ways beyond which we could have ever imagined. Mm. Mm. No, thank you, thank you so much. Um, question for you guys: um, Given the climate that we are in, the culture that we are in, and the climate that we are in right now with the pandemic, you know, um, divorces are dime a dozen. Right. Uh, you, you guys know that from a cultural standpoint, you know, what's happening. I, I heard one in three marriages don't last. And it's kind of gone up now. Uh, 
given the pandemic and you know people staying together more often uh, sorry more more you know more time to kind of spend together is like i don't want you anymore <laughs> like i want to get away from you um uh you guys you know laura you said you know that the tragedy kind of brought you into a more serious relationship with christ so thinking through that now looking back on that how do you see that and and how is that hope for people who are you know going through a tough time whether it's in relationship or you know other circumstances I would say that the first thing is that when I was going through, um, when we were going through our separation, I was home alone with the children and parenting on my own and working a really big job in the city. So commuting, um, I had recently been promoted, so I was working extra hard to prove myself. And I just yeah. felt the presence of the Lord. And, and I didn't ignore it. So I knew I wasn't alone. I didn't feel alone. Mm. And, and I pursued that. Um, I always knew God. I just like Werner didn't have a relationship with him. Um, I would say that I started yearning for a relationship with the Lord through this brokenness I knew that I needed uh, him and I felt him. And so I wanted to, to engage in that. And I started looking for churches to attend, to, to go to, because I was going to leave the church that Werner and I had been attending. And I found Grace Redeemer Church and I just uh, went in and the preaching was solid. And I felt the spirit moving and I knew I had found my church home. Mm. So uh, for me, it was a matter of feeling the Lord, his presence and opening my heart to him, mm. allowing you know, so either I I stepped in and walked through the door, or he stepped in and walked into my heart. It we met, and <laughs> and it's just a beautiful beautiful story from there. Yeah, and, and it's by no means flip of the switch. Everything was like you know great after that, right? There's a there's a process, there's a journey that you you went through, right as well, right? Absolutely, Laura? absolutely, Don. There were so many things that. I was unsure about there was scripture that I questioned. There were um, there were stories in the Bible that I questioned. There were things that didn't make sense to me, but I still felt like I couldn't say no to this. There was this yearn, and the more I learned and the more I listened, the more I realized that I wasn't meant to understand it all, <laughs> and and that. The Lord even tells us in the Bible that you're not meant to understand it all. One day you will when we're together in heaven, but not right now. And I decided that I was going to put to rest all my uh, disbelief, if you would, um, unbelief. <laughs> and, <Both are> good. <laughs> and 
I started pursuing uh, Bible studies. I started attending Bible studies. I started attending growth group. I started going to church every Sunday. I started reading the Bible. I started becoming involved in all types of activities at church. And the closer and closer that we became and we drew to other believers, the, the, more I realized that this is where I belonged and that the Lord is moving. And as you said, things haven't always been easy or good since then. There's a, there's a journey of ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of life. But, but the difference is that I know that we're not alone. I know that I'm not alone and I know that the Lord has a plan and I believe that he um, will take care of us and loves us and has watched over us and carried us through some very painful times. Thank you. Thank you for sharing both of you. Ed. You know, the question of if somebody would ask you about 15, 17 years ago, who are you? Right. You know, if they were to ask you who you are versus 15, 17 years now, right? After that, after all these events and episodes and experiences, how would you kind of respond to it? Great, great question. I love this. Um, 17 years ago, I was um, working hard. So I was stressed. I was... um, I was a very loyal, dedicated, hardworking employee and a mother of two and a wife. Today, I am a daughter of the king. (laughs) I live in peace. I feel peace. Um, And I, I live to serve him. It's very different. It's very different. You're still the, you're still everything else that you said before. The paradigm has shifted. How yes. about you, Werner? Um, yeah, seventeen years ago, um, there was there was a lack of identity that I that I actually had. It, I really didn't know who I was. Um, there was I was lost, and and really couldn't find myself out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> um, and then that that that's the honest truth and there was there was nothing really that defined me either to say oh yeah i'm an accomplished parent i'm an accomplished um professional i'm an accomplished individual there was none of that that i could really identify with and now that's been that's been totally changed that's been totally changed. I mean, even even to the point, I would say that I didn't have my own identity, but I took other people's identity as well. So I would say I, I seek the identity of others rather than seeking my own identity and mm-hmm. seeking the approval of others in, in just trying to make an identity for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's completely changed. Uh, as I, I begin to understand who God designed me to be so that there is a confidence that I've never had before. But that confidence comes from a hope, a hope that I really can't see, but that I know exists 
through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I've never had before. So I can say, yes, I am a, a, a grateful, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And he has helped me to develop, to be the person that he designed me to be. And, and is helping me to restore the lives of others only by his grace and his mercy, mm -hmm. right? And so that it has nothing to do with who I am. It has everything to do with whose I am. Mm -hmm. Great. So, you know, I I'm noticing this for the first time as you guys are talking. This is the beauty of having conversations. Like, Laura, you were in the marketplace of the carpet, you were successful. Warna, you, you, you held jobs and you couldn't call success, but both of those identities seems to have not really yielded what you thought it would yield, right? You had, you both kind of came to the same point and that's exactly the person, right? It's exactly. Crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's fascinating to kind of see your journeys, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, coming together, getting away from one another, being at different points, but still coming back uh, to a point of union, which is not yourselves, is, is, is our Lord. The point of exactly. union, right, the identity has been now passed on in that we have unity and now you guys have unity between yourselves quite fascinating well we wouldn't be married if if it weren't for the lord in our lives we would not um it it just would not have worked um i don't think werner well i'll let werner speak for himself but we could not have stayed married without mm -hmm. turning to the lord and building a new foundation with, you know, Christ as the foundation. And it's helped us through the years too, even, even since we became believers and even since we've been going to church and involved in ministry and involved in, you know, you name it, all kinds of groups and activities. And, um, but even, even through all that, our, our reliance on the Lord gets us through. Mm. the difficult parts of marriage. Mm. Warner, how about you? Yeah, it's had everything to do with my relationship with the Lord. I mean, I, I spoke to Laura at one particular point in time and I said, you know, honey, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to speak something and I hope you don't take this the wrong way to say that this is a cop out Warner because you're not trying hard enough and but there was a certain point where I had a converse, serious conversation with her to say Laura there's something that I need to admit to you I cannot be the person for you I can never be the person for you that you need and, and, I, and I say that in a disappointing way, like I'm grieving the fact that I can't be that person for you. And it was, and it was a really, it was a heartbreaking time at that particular season for us. And it was a difficulty that we had, but I said, but God is giving us 
his son, Jesus. And that's what's going to help us. That's who you need to follow. That's who is going to give you life and life to its fullest. I can't help you through that. But we can live life together only through Christ. It's not something that I can say that you can do for me or that I can say you do or I do for you. It's only through the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And it was it was a really defining moment for us because we struggled, struggled with undue expectations of one another and judging one another mercilessly, mercilessly. And at that particular point, it was just that opportunity to let go, let go and know that it was only through Christ that we actually were able to exist together, that we were one flesh together because of the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the um, forgiveness aspect, right? A repentance with repentance towards God and forgiveness, receiving the forgiveness from God and giving the forgiveness to one another. I see that as a key aspect of this reconciliation, right? Laura, when you said, we, our marriage could not exist without Christ and his sacrifice and what he did for us. That, that is, that's elementally you know, needed, right, for any kind of reconciliation. You guys have experienced that more than ever. Yes. Uh, uh, forgiveness for me was very, very complicated. So it's easy to say, I forgive you. (laughs) And it's really hard to truly, truly, truly forgive. That means that you're not living in that issue any longer. You've let it go. And that initially was not true for me. Although I forgave Werner, it took me a long time to fully forgive. And the moment that I fully forgave, I can describe it because it came over, it washed over me like the blood of Jesus. We were in Good Friday service. Um, 2011, we had been together from the separation for seven years and I still was wounded by everything that had happened, primarily the anger and the pornography. And I was still living with anger and resentment and hurt and pain although I had told Werner that I had forgiven him. But this Good Friday at church, Don, you know the service. Mm. Uh, We walk through the steps that Christ walked through the day that he was crucified. And I remember standing there as we were talking about reading the scripture passages 
about his actual crucifixion, the moments when he was crucified. And I remember hearing the words, Christ did this for you, but he also did it for your husband. And in that moment, I, I, I remember it perfectly. In that moment, I looked at my husband and I realized that I had to fully forgive him because Christ forgave me and him. And I owed him that because of what Christ did on the cross. And I forgave my husband that day. And praise God. Yeah. What a, what a story. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Warner, I think you, you, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Laura. After seven years of living with, I mean, it was many more years of living in anguish and pain and hurt, Mm, but after mm. seven years of saying, I forgive you, but still living with, Mm. with a partial forgiveness, Mm. not a full forgiveness to be able to get to that place where you can say, Christ did the work. Mm -hmm. I don't have the right to crucify my husband any longer. (laughs) So praise God. Praise God for that. And I'm sure one of you, you know, you obviously were excited to receive (laughs) forgiveness, but you also went through your own journey of giving up. Right. Um, and I would say the most difficult time that that happened, the, see, 2005 was a defining moment for us. That's when we actually separated. Um, I was able, I was able to stay sober from alcohol. Um, I gained a relationship with the Lord. Um, it was a defining moment for us. It seemed like every five years thereafter, There seemed to be another component of the prodigal son, me, Werner, uh, coming out yet again. And God saying, this has got to go, son. This this has got to go. There's no room for this junk in your life. And you're you're just worshiping, you know, false idols. And so there's this repetition of of just this ebb and then this flow of of again, just and, and a lot of it was was because of the pornography and and the inability of of having to stop viewing that um but there was this season that where we're also um again having these undue expectations of one another and judging one another and it it threw us into this season of upheaval and um rebellion in many different ways. Just to double click on, you know, each one of us is wired to a particular kind of sin that we fall back on, right? So um, I can say for myself, it's work or some kind of reading. Um, That can, that's a, it's a good thing, but that's my default to, get away from my responsibility, right? So, um, you know, you, you spoke about pornography and alcohol. It's the underlying issue. What do you think was the underlying issue? You know, despite you having a moment 
for reconciliation from a relationship standpoint, still leaning on some of those aspects to give you comfort. Yeah, it's, it's basically a surface issue. Number one, where I'm not relying on, I'm not relying on the grace of God to get me through the day. I'm relying on my own efforts. Mm. Right. And so when I, when I don't follow through with that, um, there's this component that I have of self-righteousness within me. And that is not to say that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. No, it's quite the opposite. It's just saying that I am going to make myself right. And that's what I'm doing. It's this effort about, that you have upon self to say, I'm going to get myself through this. Right. And so the issue is a worship component that that is based upon what am I actually who am I actually worshiping? Well, I'm counting on myself to get through these things. So I'm playing God with a small G and that's never going to work out too well for me. And so I'm always going to go to the default for me, which is escape and comfort. That's what I'm looking to seek. And how do I do that? By viewing a computer screen. Right. Right. No, it's, it's, it's great analysis, great analysis to kind of, you know, succinctly mention that some of these issues are surface and they're actually symptomatic to something that is more root cause, right? The root cause is identity and who who am I, right? I want to play the small G, as you said, right? Right. So I, I, I said it before, God. now I'm going to switch it around. What am I worshiping? Right. I called it. What did I say before? I called it. What am I addicted to? Right. right. So Self. that's that's the fleshly way of putting it. Now, <laughs> the spirit driven way of putting it is what am I worshiping? Right. So even though you meet the Lord Christ, there's still that battle to self. Right. It's not going away. It's not going away even now. Right. I think we've spoken a lot about that. That battle is never going away. But we obviously understand a lot more about our own battles. And we know our vulnerabilities that we can go to different people, different places to ensure that we are refreshed and renewed and accountability. Uh, so go in, kind of, sorry, want to say something? Go for it. No, I was just going to uh, follow through on the forgiveness aspect of it. Go for um, it. It was during this season that I was just describing to you, where I was also meeting with uh, the senior pastor of Grace Redeemer Church, and he he did not let go of one question, and he asked me, "How can you hold your wife holy and blameless?" And I was like, "What?" What are you talking about, holy and blameless? Are you kidding me? She's doing a two-step on my toes and jumping up and down. And, and I'm just saying, ouch, that hurts. That's how I'm handling this situation. And she's not holy and blameless in this. There's this component. and he, But yet, you know, he pointed me to Ephesians 5 and said, this is how I want you to understand what your role as husband is all about. Because guess what? That role of husband is the role that Christ took with his bride, the church. And he held his bride holy and blameless. Well, it took about a good month because I'm a little bit slow and a little bit dull. Um, and I would have to say that it wasn't that I found the answer. The answer was handed to me from that small, still voice that said, the problem is, Werner, that you 
made her that way. Now, I know that everybody has their own part in helping out in a, in a situation and making it sinful. And, yeah. and I understand that. Yeah. I, can't take, I can't take full responsibility for Laura's actions. However, however, what I, the Holy Spirit was able to guide me to is for me to understand that I needed to sacrifice myself for my wife and to say, I was the one that made her that way. That's why she acts that way. That's why she's stomping up and down on her toes. That's why she's so fearful. That's why she she has this, this expectation, this, this judging, these judging issues, because you've made her that way. Do you realize that? If you had been more like Christ and, and showing her the love and the kindness and the gentleness and the self-control that she really needed, then it would have been a different story. And that, that was, that was an eye-opening moment for me. It felt like it was yesterday, but it was something that um, I feel helped me to finally come to the end of myself. My, being a victim of my own circumstances and understanding that I was more than just a part of the problem. <laughs> right. And so there was that, yeah. there was almost that natural ability for the Lord to just take and help me in a way that only I can understand forgiveness. I'm not, I, I don't understand forgiveness well. It's not something that I think I do really quite well. Mm, mm. And that was the way, you know, Laura had her defining moment. I think that was the way that he brought me through forgiveness so that I could understand it the best possible way that I could. Mm. Great, great. So past 2011, you know, it's now 2021. Um, if you look at that decade, you know, that decade, right? Um, how would you guys kind of see, you know, I, I've been part of that for what, eight years now off that decade, right? And I've, I met you guys, I think I met you guys like the third week or fourth week of uh, attending church. And uh, actually, Peter pulled me aside, uh, you know, the senior pastor that you're talking about. Peter said, hey, you've got, you've got to talk to this guy. Um, you know, he was um, he was interested in something like what you experienced because, you know, I told Peter, hey, you know, I come from a, I come from an addiction kind of background. I served the addiction kind of folks for about eight years before I came to the U.S. And, you know, uh, I asked him, is there some ministry like that here, you know, that I could be involved in? I said, you should talk to this guy, dude. And I saw, <laughs> I should see, I should remember that time that he, he actually pointed me to Werner. Werner was this towering figure, right? Tall dude. And the first thing that came into my head was, guy looks like Moses. <laughs> he had a beard then. And I didn't know. Actually, now looking back and knowing your stories, it is the story of Moses, right? You know, going through different phases, uh, you know, going, you know, getting kind of the education as needed and then having this wilderness experience. And now you're leading the sheep, you know, whatever God's given the two of you in your own ways, kind of having that same journey of Moses, kind of, you know, privilege, 
you know, uh, wilderness, and then uh, you know, shepherding the sheep like you guys are doing in the in the actions that you guys are taking in the ministries that you guys are involved in, right? So, it's, so it was true. The Lord was saying, "It is Moses." <laughs> <laughs> so how's the how's the journey? How's the decade last decade been, Laura, for you after that 2011 event? It has been a beautiful journey. It has its ups and downs, but the beauty is that we always feel the presence of the Lord in it, and and His guidance. Yeah. And that has really, for me especially, has just been amazing to see the Lord at work in our lives, in our children's lives, in the life of our church, in our marriage, in friendships. And um, our children came to faith uh, mm. in 2006, shortly after we joined GRC. And we have just seen through the years, it's been a decade. It's, it's been certainly, as I mentioned before, as marriage and life can be a series of ups and downs, but, but the downs aren't as low. And, you know, so instead of going way, way high and way, way low, you know, the, the valley is, is up higher towards the peak. So, um, (laughs) You know, an argument doesn't last as long and it's not as harsh as it used to be or a a slight misunderstanding doesn't turn into a major argument. It just turns into quick apologies. You know, it's just different. It's just different and beautiful. And the story of um, my job, for example, my new job is all the Lord. I was not looking for a job. At the time, I was still enjoying my uh, retirement and this position (laughs) was vacated and GRC was looking for a director of ministry operations. And I was asked to be on the search team and I agreed. (laughs) And I'm sitting at the first search team meeting at the table thinking, not thinking, but hearing the Lord say, Laura, this job is perfect for you. Why don't you apply? Now, I'll be honest with you. The last place that I ever imagined working was in a church, last. And uh, the Lord had different plans. (laughs) And after a series of, I think you guys put me through the ringer. You guys, I think I had like 11 interviews or something like that. I was offered this position and it was clear to me that it was the work of the Lord. This is where he wanted me to be. And I am happy and I am enjoying my job. And I feel that I'm really making a difference and I feel like I'm serving the Lord and it's just been great. And also you're part of uh, the women's, you know, um, celebrate recovery leadership development and, uh, engagement right that's also part of your absolutely yes so i'm the the i co-lead with werner he's the ministry leader but i lead the um the women's group and that's been very rewarding 
And I've learned through that process that is now seven years. Mm. CR has been at Grace Redeemer Church for seven years that we all need CR. It is such an amazing program and it points you to Christ and it just helps you through all of life's difficulties and hurts and habits and hangups. It's it's yeah. a wonderful ministry. Um, when I started that ministry, I, I really, when Warner asked me to help him, I didn't want to, but I prayed about <laughs> it and I was commuting into the city and working and my mom was not well. And I just, and I still had kids at home and I just couldn't imagine how I could do it. But I prayed about it and I said, yes, I will help you. And because I know you need my help, you know, like my (laughs) attitude was like, he could really use my leadership skills. (laughs) That was, you know, he needs somebody like me. I'm going to help him. I'll be nice. And uh, (laughs) the Lord said, the Lord said, Laura, you, you help your husband. And the Lord very quickly showed me that I needed CR more than they needed me. So um, that was another lesson that the Lord has taught me. He's taught me many, but that was a big one. That's an awesome story. And so if I were to, you know, um, uh, summarize all that you learned in the corporate, now you are using it in this new context, right? Yes. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it's that amazing. awesome? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and amazing. Yeah. And people obviously want to, you know, um, retire at the top, but, you know, God didn't give you retirement yet, but you're still at the top <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of service. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. As long and, as and, I'm serving him, I'm at the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Wana, your journey as well, right? I mean, you're helping now the 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 servants, diaconates, diaconate as we call it, right? In in churches, the service arm of the church, and you're helping shepherd that, right? Um, from where you were to now being the chair of the diaconate. That is a miraculous journey for me. As I see it. Oh, it's fantastic. It really has been an, an amazing journey. Um, and, and I didn't even consider, you know, I went to school two years ago and got my master's degree in, in counseling at Westminster Seminary. Um, and, and now I'm being utilized more in, in the counseling aspect. And, and, and I see that responsibility growing as well as we're building up the counseling arm of the church too. So there's this service component through the diaconate, which also has attached to it, celebrate recovery. And then the new ministry of father's cupboard food pantry um, Mm -hmm. that we have where we're serving 65 families, probably around 240 people every other week, providing them food. Um, And that's, that's been a whole nother new um, very rewarding. Rewarding is, is one of the things that I, I would just have to say. Um, a rewarding opportunity to see God's grace in action, especially during this season of COVID. 
So we're seeing that even in the midst of this stillness, there's still other things that are happening and and new ministries that that was born out of this season was the the Father's Covered Food Pantry. Um, So there's the counseling, there's the diaconal leadership, um, there's the components of the diaconate of Celebrate Recovery, and now Father's Covered. And I just praise the Lord the way that he is utilizing me as broken as an instrument that I am the dullest one in the tool shed, but he is, you know, I'm an instrument in the Redeemer's hands and praise praise God God for that. Because there is a whole new life. You know, I am being made into, I mean, it's 2 Corinthians 5. You know, it's understanding this ministry of reconciliation. That's what he has had helped me to focus on this year and to understand I've made you a new creation for a reason. Now go out and reconcile and help people to understand that you are that we are all being reconciled to God in one way or another. And that we are to to understand this ministry of reconciliation in in a very unique way. Wow. So, you know, I'm just, that's why I love these conversations. I told you guys earlier on, right before we got on recording this, when (laughs) when you draw timelines, when you talk through timelines, you see things that you've never seen before. And uh, it's it's fascinating, right? So if you take two thousand one, uh, when did you guys get married? Sorry, nineteen eighty eight, right? Okay, so eighty eight to two thousand five, it's been kind of a <laughs> you know slow drift down to the valley, and two thousand five, you can see kind of wreck, you know, the reckoning, and then two thousand ten, and then two thousand twenty one. The, the paradigms are different, right? The paradigms are kind of different. And the impact that you guys are bringing in, right? If I, if I see you guys, I see you guys as Aquila and Priscilla, right? They, they always are referred together. I see you guys always together, right? In ministry, in serving, wherever you are, kind of, you know, God's kind of put you guys in spaces and spots, spots where you need to be together. And, uh, um, you know, but, but, you, you see the impact, right? The impact was, as you guys said, two broken people walking away from each other. But when Christ brought you together, the impact has been explosive, right? To the community, to the communities, and to both the ones that walk into the church and then don't, you know, the ones who are outside of kind of the church community. There's been an effect and there's been an impact. Wow, what a story. You know, I you kind of don't get a sense all the time, right? When you kind of sit and then talk, you kind of see see what God has been doing. Yeah, but I, I do have to I do have to mention one single component, and that is understanding that without humility, without humility, understanding that um, without Christ we would be nothing, and that constant reminder. Right. Without that component of humility in our lives, we would be useless. In effect, that's what you need. You need partners there. You can't do this alone, right? You need somebody to kind of remind you all the time. 
and I think we've had some good discussions together to humble one another. <laughs> oh yeah, and and I've I've just recently told you this. Um, what has helped us just recently is understanding the value of relationships. So if you're like, well, I really don't need to because I'm really not having any issues, then I would ask you to reconsider the different relationships that you have and are you actually going out and seeking relationships and and building that because as soon as you start to build relationships with two broken people, there's brokenness that comes out of that. Oh my God. And yeah. there's where we're able to, to say, if I'm not leaning on Christ throughout this conversation, throughout this relationship, there, there is, there is the total destruction. So yeah. that component of relationship has really been the final frontier for us, whether it's the relationship that we're in this together, Laura and I, myself, especially as we're in ministry together and working together, there's a component of relationship that gets very, very difficult. Like when you turn this stuff off, you know, we take it home with us because we're home all the time. And then it, we talk about it all the time and there's no resting from it. And that's where we're seeing uh, like there needs to be a component where we say, okay, this is where God is building us up in the relationship. And, and there are going to be issues in that. But if we don't seek that relationship and we say to one another, oh, I'm going to go find a different job so that I don't have to be exposed to you. It's not the answer. That's not the answer. The answer is to move through understanding that God is building, continuing to build us up in different ways. This is the last and final frontier for, for many others that are like, oh yeah, I know the word of God. I'm, I'm very comfortable in, in being in ministry. I'm dedicating time to this. And it's like, okay, well, what relationships that you have that you feel uncomfortable with right now? Uh, none. Okay. Well, you need to find some people that not, that are that don't get along with you and to understand that that's where he's helping us to become more like him than ever before and paul was was instrumental in in just showing me you know he is who he needs to be to different people to speak about christ to them and that becomes our challenge because i don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation with somebody mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Humility really is uh, is key and listening, empathy and listening kind of come with that, right? To kind of listen to one another because I've recognized that the one guy I talk to most is myself, right? Because, you know, your thoughts are going 100 miles an hour. Essentially, you're talking to yourself, um, you know, and, and the way to kind of get away from that vicious cycle is to pray is to convert those thoughts into prayer so you can have a conversation with god and and he will respond back to you and that's something that i'm kind of learning how to do more and more you know uh because we have conversations with ourselves quite a bit basically our thoughts are our conversations with ourselves right yeah and we've had the discussion too as soon as we say oh i need to be more humble <laughs> no, that doesn't that doesn't work out too well, right? Yeah. But as we see the component of prayer of why are we praying? 
because we are humbling ourselves before the Lord and he's the one that's going to be lifting us up. Amen to that. Yeah, that's good. So what, what we'll give the last word to Laura and we've got to close in uh, about five minutes, uh, three minutes or so. Um, Laura, what are your final thoughts? Uh, and, and by the way, guys, we can, we can continue, right? If you want to, I think we, we can explore more. Definitely, you know, we'll give you guys a break and, you know, at some point we'll continue the conversation. I have more questions, but, you know, given the time frame, uh, Laura, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, are quite simple. Life is much better, much more beautiful, much more peaceful when you're in Christ. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And to anyone that is questioning being a believer or following Christ, I would just say, stop overthinking it because I did for too long and I wish I hadn't. I was overthinking it and doubting and take a leap of faith. God is good. Yeah. Appreciate you. What, what about you? I I just love Jesus's first and second commands. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it goes back to understanding that we're to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And then it's all about loving our neighbor as ourselves. And our neighbor can be our spouse, our neighbor can be our brother, our neighbor can be our worst enemy. And then Paul goes into it to succinctly say, if you're not loving your neighbor, you're not loving God. And it all falls apart. Um, but I think just seeing the value of just God putting it together for us to understand that um, as we are loving him and we are loving our neighbor as ourselves, we become the body of Christ, the body where Christ is the head, right? And we're able to work together and we're made differently for a reason. We're made differently for a reason. We're not to be unified. We're not to be uniform in all that we do. We're not. We're not meant to be the same. And that lie I've been living in for my whole life. I've been living in way too many lies of the world. And I'll open up a whole nother can on that one. But the lies of this world have have just led me down the wrong path time and time again. But there's where we find our hope of living in the truth and knowing that the truth will set us free as we are living our lives in the word of Christ, where he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life that we were always meant to live. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you both. My friends, thank you so much for um, coming on this uh, podcast. I really appreciate you guys. And I'm sure we will talk again on this podcast. And uh, it's a, it's as I listen to you guys, I am uplifted. 
you know, I have to say, you know, um, both I've, you know, kind of seeing you guys through the valley and coming up and seeing what the Lord is doing has really uplifted me, my heart, my mind, my soul. <laughs> you know, um, so thank you so much for sharing your journey with uh, us. Really appreciate it. I know Maya couldn't join, uh, but maybe next one she will join us, you know, to ask the question. She's a, she asked better questions than me. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, thank you for having us. It's been our thanks. pleasure. Yeah, yeah thanks absolutely. for having us. Absolutely. Really. You have a wonderful evening and I will you talk too. to you guys very soon. Sounds good. Good Bye. night. God bless. Bye. Bye. Shalom. Thank you, friends, for listening. It was um, kind of a longer episode than usual that we produce. Uh, it was a good one hour. Hopefully, that was uh, enjoyable to you to kind of listen to their journey. And uh, I don't know where you are in your journey, whether you're married or we're not married or where you are in your marriage. You have a healthy marriage. You have a challenging marriage. Um, but hopefully, wherever you are, hopefully it gives you a journey uh, of where the treadmills were and may it be an encouragement to you. Like any physical thing, right? When we purchase, whether it's a house or a machinery like a car or some sort of gadget, we need upkeep, right? Maintenance to keep it in shape for usefulness. We know where to go for articles, right? Like a handyman for a house or a car service center for the cars. Who do we go to for our lives and for our relationships? Uh, we have to go back to our creator God and ask him to help, you know, if restoration is needed, restoration, reshaping, rebuilding um, and uh, repurposing as needed you know we've been living for our own purpose and we want to live for God so whatever it is we need to go back to our creative God so if you're struggling um, I encourage you go to God if you need any kind of help you know reach out to us and we'll try and find some local help for you you can go to our website sharethewell.community and, and write to us and we're happy to help or you know you can do some search yourself to kind of find the help that you need, whether it's a counseling or whether it's a community of uh, followers of Christ, whatever it is, you can, you, you should try and find the help that you need. We're happy to help you. Life is really short and the pandemic has only reminded us and on the double actually. Otherwise, hope you enjoyed this podcast and you took away something as we normally say, even take away one aspect to rethink of how you live. Have a blessed week and talk to you guys soon. Bye.